The great hymn writer, Isaac Watts, knew the significance of Jesus' death and resurrection. He wrote, When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count as loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Here's Barbara Rainey. When you think about what Jesus did for us, we should be speechless. We should be in awe. We should fall on our faces. And that's the kind of experience, that's the kind of emotion, that's what I think we need in Easter. It shouldn't be a holiday that we just kind of go, oh well. We need to feel some of what Jesus felt and we need to be in awe and we need to marvel over what he did for us. This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. We'll hear today from Barbara Rainey about things we can do to help prepare our hearts so that we can indeed marvel at all Christ has done as we celebrate his resurrection. Stay with us. Welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us on the Tuesday edition. If if this was last year, uh, Easter would be over or almost over. It would be, yeah. You know, that one of the things that makes celebrating Easter more of a challenge for us is that it's not on the same day every year. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, Thanksgiving moves. It's always the fourth Thursday in November. But it doesn't ever change months. Right. It's always near the end of the month. So even if the date moves, it's doesn't move very far. But Easter can be anywhere from, I think, March 22nd or 23rd. I think that's about the earliest mm-hmm, it can be mm-hmm. to um, to where it is this year, which is April 16th or even later than oh, that. Oh, it can be later because a couple of years ago it was on the 23rd. Well, as, as obvious, we've got your wife, Barbara, joining us again this week on Family mm-hmm. Life Today. You you just jumped right in, didn't you? I did. <laughs> you, you, this is one of those topics that you just yeah, jump I, in on right from the start. Yeah, I kind of care about this a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, one of the things you're you're hoping for this year is to motivate, equip, and inspire a lot of moms and dads to make Easter more central in their home in the weeks leading up to the celebration of Jesus' resurrection but even specifically during Holy Week and then mm-hmm. during Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. That's right. I think we have, we've just totally missed, I've said often in the last couple of years that that Jesus told us, he commanded us to remember his death and to focus on his resurrection. He never said that he wants us to celebrate his birth. And what have we done as Christians? We've completely flipped it upside down, which is so typical of us to get what he said completely wrong. So just realizing that we put so much time and energy in on Christmas, and he didn't ask us to do that, and we put so little time and energy on celebrating Easter, and he did tell us to celebrate and remember and commemorate what he did for us. It's kind of like, well, duh, of course, we need to do more about Easter. So I'm on a personal campaign for my own family to make Easter memorable, to make it a very big deal, um, to celebrate, to have a fancy meal. I don't even know what we're going to eat this year, but we're going we're gonna to knock it out of the park because I just don't want it to be an ordinary Sunday anymore. I want it to be... Uh, something that really stands out in our memories that that Sunday, Easter Sunday, was like no other Sunday. I actually toyed around with the idea of uh, starting a list online 
and recruiting a thousand families, one from every state in America who would make a concerted effort this Easter season to really celebrate not only Christ's death, but also his resurrection and as a family, go all out like Barbara's talking about and make it a memorable event unlike any other in the year, celebrating the hope that we have. You have uh, enlisted some help. You've uh, put together a survey and started getting I results did. back. Yeah, last spring I sent out a survey to a, uh, a fairly large group. It's probably not scientifically accurate, but nonetheless, I, we sent out a survey to a bunch of people that we know who have used some of the products that we've created, the resources we've created with their families who seem to care about Easter and want to make more of Easter. And I sent them a long list of questions, and I had so much fun reading their answers. There were all kinds of really creative ideas for how to celebrate Easter and make it special, make it set apart, make it different than any other Sunday. And so I compiled all of those, and I'm hoping that we can get to some of the best ones in the next couple of days as we talk about this together, because there were some really good ideas, some that I'm going to adopt and do myself. Can you give us like an example of one? Yeah, I'd love to give you an idea. One family wrote and said that they acted out the Palm Sunday story every year with their kids. So they got out the Bible, they read the story right out of the Bible of Jesus making his triumphal entry on the donkey into Jerusalem with all the palm branches and everything. And Acting it out at home is a little different than Palm Sunday at church when the kids all come in with their palm branches because at home, and we acted out some Bible stories with our kids, but they can put on robes and put things over their head and they can sort of act out the different characters and make up speeches of what they think the disciples might have said or what the people might have said on the side of the road. But there's something about acting out the Bible stories with a family. When we used to do it, I always watched, and there were some of our kids, when you could tell the lights were going on, they were going, oh, as they acted out this particular situation in the Bible. There's something about it that makes it real, and it sinks into their soul in a deeper way. So one real easy idea for a family, especially if you've got kids 12 and under, is to read the Palm Sunday story and get out some robes and bath towels and things and let them act out the scene. And, of course, Dad has got to be the, the donkey. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> I mean, that, that's just... Dad, Dad's always the donkey. He, the beast of burden right there. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting because there are a lot of churches today. You go on Palm Sunday and you'll never know it's Palm Sunday. Mm-hmm. Sadly. I'm, I'm remembering carrying palm branches mm-hmm. in as a kid during the worship service and singing specific hymns that we used to sing, uh, Hosanna, loud Hosanna to Jesus Christ our King. We had all of mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. these songs, All Glory, Lord, and Honor. It was a big hymn you'd sing on Palm Sunday every year. Yeah, we did it too. But mm-hmm. in many of our churches today— It's just another Sunday. Yeah. And don't miss the raw reality of Christ coming on a donkey. He was the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he came riding in on one of the lowliest of all of the creatures God made. He could have come on a magnificent white stallion. No, he waits to do that in Revelation chapter 19. That's quite a scene. You spoke uh, a few years ago with an audience of Family Life Today listeners talking to them about this idea of how to set Easter apart in your home and make it more than we make of it. And we want to listen today to part two of what you shared with those listeners. 
Uh, so here's Barbara Rainey. I want to give you four suggestions for ways that you might begin to make Easter a more important holiday for you and your family. And I would hope and pray that perhaps you would influence others, maybe even your church, to find ways to celebrate Easter in a more meaningful way that properly exalts and magnifies him for what he has done for us. So here's my first suggestion on how to elevate Easter this year. Number one, forget the bunnies and the chicks. They have absolutely nothing to do with Easter. And yet I've been watching for the last few years and that's all there is in stores. That's what I see on people's front doors. It's what I see in their yards. It's what I see everywhere related to Easter. Now, we Christians have found some really creative uses for eggs, and Family Life Has Resurrection Eggs is a resource that we've created to help families or help churches communicate the gospel and the story of the resurrection to children. And so it's a dozen eggs, and each egg has a symbol of what happened in Jesus' life, and it points to the resurrection with the last egg being empty to illustrate the empty tomb. But I've also thought through how interesting it is that Paul said in the scripture, he said, when I was a child, I thought like a child, but when I became an adult, I put away childish things. Resurrection eggs are for kids and they're great for kids. But I'm not gonna decorate with bunnies and chicks anymore. I want my house to reflect the resurrection of Christ and what's true about him. I think part of the reason that we do uh, focus on those things is because they're cute and they're um, easy and they're nice. And there are some facts about the resurrection that are not particularly attractive and they're not easy to know what to do with. So my first suggestion is, is to, get, to get rid of those things that don't have anything to do with Christ um, and focus on him. My second suggestion is don't dismiss the difficult. See, the resurrection is a real difficult concept, isn't it? It's all about blood all about death. It's all about betrayal. It's really hard, isn't it, for us to understand that. What's Christmas about? It's about a baby. It's about presents. It's about stars and it's about angels. Christmas is a feel-good holiday. Easter is not a feel-good holiday. But I think as believers, we've got to move into that, this, which is difficult. I don't think we should run away from it. Jesus told us to commemorate his death. He told us to commemorate his resurrection. One of the things that he said that just I just can't quite get over, he said in John 12, 49, I do nothing on my own initiative. He said, I always do the things that are pleasing to the Father. Now think about that for a minute. Jesus said, I do nothing, nothing, nothing on my own initiative. Now, if you're anything like me, and you are, I do lots of things on my own initiative. I'm always making things, making decisions that are good for me. I'm always thinking about what I wanna do, where I wanna go. I do a lot on my own initiative, but Jesus never did one single thing on his own initiative. And because he did nothing on his own initiative, he rejected any any whispers that he heard in his ear from the enemy to walk away from the cross. He submitted his life to the evil plans of wicked priests who had schemes that they were trying to work. And he willingly shed his blood for you and for me. 
So I want to challenge you. Don't dismiss the difficult. Walk into it. Think about it. Meditate on it. Let your life go there. Because if you do, Easter Sunday is going to mean so much more to you if you will let yourself focus on the difficult and think about those really hard concepts that are all wrapped up in Easter. The third thing I want to challenge you to do is focus on the lamb. If you want a softer symbol for Easter, the lamb is it. Because in the book of John, when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he called him what? The lamb of God. He said, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And when you, know, when you focus on the lamb and you learn about what he did and you learn about Passover and you learn about the sacrifice that God required, then Easter Sunday is so much more meaningful because you understand why Jesus had to do what he had to do. And to think that he did this because he loved us, it's all the more stunning. It's all the more shocking. And so focus on the lamb. Learn about the lamb. Um, Jesus said in Hebrews 10:5, he said, a body thou hast prepared for me. And the body Jesus had was destined from the very beginning to be slain for us because he was the Lamb of God. From the very beginning, Jesus was destined for sacrifice, and he voluntarily gave his perfectly lived life on the cross for me and for you. Good Friday is good because of the Lamb. So I want to challenge you to focus on the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then number four, I want to challenge you to marvel at the miracle. Have you ever witnessed a miraculous event happen? Or have you been to a really amazing geographical place like the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls or Victoria Falls? Something that just takes your breath away. When you go to a place like that or you see something like that, we're often speechless. I want to read you something that John Piper says in his book. Um, it's called The Passion of Jesus Christ, and it's 50 chapters, just two little short page chapters each about all the reasons why Jesus had to die. He said, The most astonishing thing is that evil and suffering were Christ's appointed way of victory over evil and suffering. Every act of treachery and brutality against Jesus was sinful and evil, but God was in it. The Bible says Jesus was delivered up to death according to the plan and foreknowledge of God. The lash on his back, the thorns on his head, the spit on his cheek, the bruises on his face, the nails in his hand, the desertion by the disciples, the betrayal of the friend, and the scorn of the rulers— all designed by God to destroy the power of sin. Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, did whatever your hand and your plan had predetermined to take place. And that last verse is out of, out of Acts. And so when you think about what Jesus did for us, we should be speechless. We should be in awe. We should fall on our faces. And that's the kind of experience, that's the kind of emotion, that's what I think we need in Easter. It shouldn't be a holiday that we just kind of go, oh well. We need to feel some of what Jesus felt, and we need to be in awe, and we need to marvel over what he did for us. So how do you marvel at Easter? Do you prepare for days, creating an all-day celebration like none other all year long? 
maybe. That might be a good idea. Or do you jump and cheer and even cry for joy as so many of us do for our favorite sports teams? When was the last time you were in a group of people and you celebrated Christ's resurrection and everyone jumped and cheered and screamed and hollered and did like this, like we do for sports teams? I watched these stadiums full of people who are just jumping and cheering and just screaming their lungs out. But what do we do in church? And it's okay, we don't all have to do that. But on Easter Sunday, on the day that Christ rose from the dead and rescued us, for us to sit there as if it's just any old other Sunday, I don't think so. I don't think so. Another question, do you dance with abandon like David did when the Ark of the Covenant was returned to Jerusalem? He was so exultant, he was so excited that God's presence was back, that he danced for joy. And again, I think that's a good example for us to consider as we think about Easter. How can we as parishioners, how can we as the people of the church, as believers in Christ, make Easter something that calls out that kind of celebration, that kind of worship, that kind of joy in us, so that the world says, well, wonder what's going on over there. Why are they so excited? I want to know. I want to challenge you to make a difference this year. Uh, I am praying regularly that God would grant us the favor and the ideas and the creativity and the stamina to come up with some really cool ideas for celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I'm praying that many of you will be a part of that, that many of you will think of some ideas, that many of you will, will come up with something that your church can do. What can you do to celebrate all day on Resurrection Sunday? I believe that you can make a difference, and I believe that God wants to use you to make a difference in this holiday. I want to mention a couple of things, but before I do that, I want to remind you of that verse. Thou art coming to a king, large petitions with thee bring. For his grace and power are such, none can ever ask too much. And I want to challenge you to think about that in relation to your life, in relation to your church, in relation to Easter too. And I want to close with a little prayer um, that's in the back of this book by John Piper that I think is really appropriate. Father, I pray for us, I pray for all of us, that the fog of our indifference to eternal things would be lifted. I pray that the reality of heaven and hell would become clear to us. I pray that the centrality of Christ in the history of the world would become plain, and that his passion, his sacrifice, his death, would be seen as the most important event that ever happened. And I pray, Father, that you will grant me and many in this room ideas and creativity and motivation. Help us, Father, to elevate the celebration of Easter, the celebration of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection to a place that is worthy of what he did for us. And I ask this, that you might be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, again, we've been listening to Barbara Rainey as she has been sharing with a group of Family Life Today listeners about how to make Easter more significant in your home 
And this was before you had done the survey you did last mm-hmm. spring where mm-hmm. you asked people for ideas. You got some pretty interesting ideas. I got some great ideas. And one of the ideas that I want to share just briefly hinges back to what Dennis said a few minutes ago about Revelation. The whole idea that one day we will be married. We will be in a wedding ceremony. There will be a marriage of us as the believers to Jesus, the Lamb of God. And it says in Revelation uh, 19.8, it was granted to her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And you know, for a long time on Easter, people wore white And I always wondered, why did they wear white? I think this is why they wore white. I think two reasons, actually. One is because it honors the purity of Christ's life and his sacrifice on our behalf. But I think it also looks forward to the day when we will be pure and righteous as he is, and we will be dressed in all white. So I'm looking forward this year to making this a white Easter I'm going to challenge everybody I know. I'm going to encourage my kids to begin thinking about what can we wear that's white to symbolize who Christ is and what he did and what we will look like someday. So I wanted to say that now because we women need time to kind of get ready. We might need to dig through our closets. We may need to do some shopping, but but in other words. (laughs) I'm thinking, what will I wear? Does Dennis have white No, he doesn't. And so it's not just wearing white, but it's wearing shades of white. There is a significance of wearing white. Revelation 19 declares Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. The, The righteous deeds of the saints, ultimately our righteousness, the reason we wear white is because of the alien righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. Exactly. We can't stand before God spotless. On our own. Apart from him. That's what Easter is all about. And the thing is, we regularly forget the gospel, and we regularly drift back into uh, our default setting, which is self-righteousness, wanting to justify ourselves by our own works. And I think having the resources you've created in our homes during the Easter season, and for that matter, all year long, just as a constant way of reminding us of what's true. Because of our forgetfulness, we need things that tell us every day that our hope is in Christ, that it is finished. One of the things I love that you've created recently is the artboard that says, to telestai, it is finished in the form of a cross. And then the the candle wrappers that you've created as well. These are hard to describe on radio. I would encourage our listeners to go to familylifetoday.com and see what you've been working on and think about how these might look in your home to help you and your family stay focused on and remember the resurrection of Christ, not just during the Easter season, but all year long. Go to familylifetoday.com if you want to see what Barbara has been working on. Again, the website is familylifetoday.com or call 1-800-FL-TODAY, 1-800-358-6329. That's 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. You know, in the same way that the resurrection of Christ is at the heart of the Christian faith, our belief in Christ and in his resurrection is at the heart of what makes a marriage and a family thrive. Unless your marriage and family is anchored in a strong biblical foundation, you're going to find yourself experiencing all kinds of challenges and not knowing what to do with them. I mean, we all experience challenges. The question is, in the midst of those challenges, are you anchored in Christ 
or are you depending on your own resources to try to resolve the challenge you're experiencing? Here at Family Life, our goal is to help every home become a godly home, to remind us that we need to rely on the power of God's Holy Spirit in our lives day in and day out in order to live the kind of lives that God has called us to live. And we appreciate those of you who share our burden for seeing every home become a more godly home. When you donate to support Family Life today, you're saying you want this message to go to more people tomorrow than it's going to today. Because every dollar invested, that's what it's going for, to expand the reach of this ministry so more people can grow deeper in their walk with Christ, in their marriage and in their family. And we appreciate those of you who are contributors to this ministry, both as monthly legacy partners and those of you who will occasionally make a contribution to support Family Life today. If you can make a donation today, we'd love to send you a set of resurrection eggs, a tool you can use with your children or your grandchildren during the Easter season to help teach them the story of uh, Jesus' last week on earth. Ask for a set of resurrection eggs when you donate online at familylifetoday.com or when you call 1-800-FL-TODAY to make a donation. Or you can request the resurrection eggs when you mail your donation to Family Life Today at Box 7111, Little Rock, Arkansas. Our zip code is 72223. Tomorrow, Barbara Rainey is going to be back. We're going to continue to talk about the celebration of Easter, both during the weeks leading up to the holiday and the actual day itself. Hope you can be here for that. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, along with our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We'll see you back next time for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.